Another ugly game for the San Francisco Giants, but when we put it all in perspective, the Giants enter the month of September in first place in the division, a division with the Dodgers, and they are tied for the best record in the major league. So not all hope is lost, and we'll talk about all of that on today's Locked on Giants podcast. On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants Baseball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspic, and on this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the app and join me on Sunday towards the end of the game to get in on the action. And coming up on today's show, as I kind of teased in the intro there, we're going to be talking about what was an ugly game for the Giants last night. You could kind of see it coming. We talked about how this pitching matchup was a little bit of a mismatch on paper with Johnny Cueto, who was able to go despite being sick. And there were some COVID concerns, but he did he was testing negative, so he did not have COVID, was able to come off the kind of protocol IL and make this start. But Going up against Brandon Woodruff is a mismatch. And the previous night with the bullpen game for the Giants going up against Corbin Burns, that was also a mismatch. But that is going to change tonight and tomorrow night or tomorrow day during the day. Uh, The Giants will have the on paper pitching. uh, They'll be the favorites. What am I saying? The mismatch. They'll have a pitching kind of mismatch. Never know in this crazy game of baseball just because you have an advantage does not mean you're going to capitalize and win that game. But what's crazy to me, and the point is we wrapped up the month of August and we turned the page to September, it's kind of amazing when you look at some of the the facts about what happened in August for the Giants and how it seems like the world is falling apart with the Giants losing four out of five here, uh, two out of three to the Braves and then the first two to the Brewers. First of all, these these are some good teams. But secondly, uh, courtesy of Alex Pavlovich, there's a lot of facts about what went on for the Giants in the month of August. He points out the Giants went 19 and 9 in the month, which is a 679 winning percentage, which is their best August since the team moved to San Francisco. So that's pretty incredible that that is true given that they lost four out of five to end the month. They could have had by far their best August if they had just had a decent last six games here or five games. And before that, um, or in addition to that, we have Alex Pavlovich pointing out that with the big August, they have a 600 winning percentage in the first five months this season, becoming the first National League team to do that since the Brooklyn Dodgers in 1942. So take a second to think about that. And I knew like every time we've looked at, 
you know, wrapping up a month for the Giants, it's like, oh, wow, they had this great record. They've, they have not had a period of, you know, a month, at least like the calendar months. I don't know, you know, you go from the middle of one month to the middle of another. It may not be true, and I, I'm certain it wouldn't be. But, you know, and a month is kind of an arbitrary beginning and end point. But the fact that they've been able to just be so consistently good each and every month this season is truly remarkable, especially like you wouldn't be surprised if you were hearing about that and it was talking about the Dodgers, for example. But this is the Giants, a team that people expected to be below 500, maybe around 500. And yet they're setting records for having the most successful kind of month by month uh, records in baseball in the National League since the Brooklyn Dodgers. So it's truly incredible. And, you know, we'll get into some of what is going wrong for this team. We'll talk about Brandon Belt hitting his home run for the first time in his career. Jose Quintana having a great Giants debut. Ron Wotus announcing that he's going to retire from coaching at the end of this season. We'll spend more time on that at a later date, but we'll talk about it a little bit today. But anyway, just the point that these games have been ugly. They look a little bit overmatched by the Brewers, but a lot of that does have to do with the pitching matchups. But last night there was just sloppy defense going on. Giants were kicking the ball all over the place, throwing the ball all over the place. And this is a team you might meet in the playoffs. And so it's not really how you want to look going up against this team. But these are two of the best pitchers in the National League that the Giants just faced. And my big takeaway is that you know, forget it all and keep in mind how good of an August they had. I don't care that the last five games haven't necessarily gone their way. They enter the month of September in first place in National League West, a division people expected to be 100% dominators and the Padres. The Giants are in first place on September 1st. And with a 636 winning percentage, they are tied with the Tampa Bay Rays for the best record in the major leagues. And the Rays just won nine games in a row. The Rays are in the midst of a nine-game winning streak that it's taken for them to get to this point to tie the Giants. So the ultimate takeaway for me is like, forget the past. We are in the present. It's September 1st, and we have a race on our hands. Giants are in great position still to at least make the postseason. I think a lot of people just assume it's a given. I never take anything for granted in this crazy game of baseball. And until that clinched, I'm going to say that it's not done yet. And it's not. And you've got to go out there and perform. But the division itself, I mean, the Giants are now clinging to a half game lead. Could not be a smaller lead in the division. Two more games against the Brewers and then the Dodgers come into town. Dodgers, I believe, are off on Thursday. In fact, I'm like 99% sure the Dodgers are off on Thursday, so there will be, there will be no half game uh, when the Dodgers come into town. They'll, you know, whatever it'll be, tied one game ahead, two games ahead, uh, one game behind, whatever it may be, no half game entering that, uh, that series with the Dodgers. So coming up next, we'll talk a little bit more about what's been going on lately with this team. I want to look at, you know, they have been struggling offensively, so we'll look at some individual performers talk about Brandon Belt and that 20th home run and so much more there's always so much to talk about expanded rosters how about that that's something that's coming up uh, and we haven't really even mentioned it rosters are going to expand to 28 starting today so 
All of that is coming up next. But first, I want you to know that this episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Greenroom is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I'll be hosting rooms for Locked On Giants once a week. Yes, you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here every day. You'll have a chance to chat with me and might even be featured on the Locked On Giants podcast through our green room conversations. Be sure to join me this week. I'll be hosting a room on Sunday towards the end of the game. That's typically when I do them every single week. Uh, for the rest of the season, at least. So go download the free Green Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. Follow me at Ben Kaspic to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. I'm planning to be live on Sunday towards the end of the game, and I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Giants. So I'll see you there. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. All right, as promised here in the second part of the show, I, I always want to say second half, but there are three parts, so there, these are not second half, third half. That doesn't make any sense at all. Second segment of this show, we're going to talk a little bit more about the details of what's been going on. I know, you know people want to hear about the frustrations and the struggles of this Giants team. I just think it's fascinating that it does feel that way that they're struggling. I mean, obviously, four, losing four out of five is struggling for that five-game stretch. But to just pull out those numbers and say it was their best August ever, despite that stretch, is truly amazing. Um, but we'll get into a little bit of what's going on. Uh, the offense has not been performing at the level that the Giants would want, at least during that little stretch, starting with that final game in Atlanta where they got shut out. I think it was nine nothing in Atlanta, and then I believe they got one run on uh, Monday, and then they got two runs last night. They lost six to two. Johnny Cueto was not good at all. Went three and two thirds innings, allowed ten hits, six earned runs, two walks, and just struck out one and allowed a homer. So when you're allowing as many home runs as you strike out hitters, that is never a good sign. Jose Quintana making his Giants debut in relief was fabulous. He went three and a third, struck out six, walked one, allowed one hit, no runs. He even had a hit himself at the plate. So they may need Jose Quintana because Alex Wood is on that COVID IL, tested positive for COVID-19 a couple days ago. Jose Quintana recently claimed off waivers from the Angels and was really impressive last night. He's a guy with some upside, had some interesting peripherals uh, despite really poor results, but I think we saw last night what kind of pitcher he can be when he's on. So that's that's the good news. The bad news, I mean, there's some, there's some struggling hitters, no doubt. I think a lot of people are pointing to Mike Yastrzemski and Alex Dickerson. And before we talk about them specifically, just to say, in the month of August, which again, incredible, they had the best record they've ever had in August. The Giants only had a non-pitcher weighted runs created plus of 102, meaning their position players, discounting pitchers, were just about league average at the plate, which is kind of amazing that they pulled off this 19-9 and record 
despite having league average production at the plate. So coming up in a minute, we'll look at, you know, the pitching and see if that explains how they were able to be so good. Because we, I think a lot of us would say, if you think about the status of the pitchers, that they're kind of falling apart at, at starting pitcher uh, besides Logan Webb. So it doesn't really make sense how they pulled off this record. So we'll also look back at at the the games themselves and and try to remember exactly what happened and how they were able to achieve this. In the month of August, Chris Bryant was actually their most productive player. Brandon Belt second, uh, and Darren Ruff third. They've only Buster Posey and Brandon Crawford were both only league average offensively in the month of August. Donovan Solano was doing well before going down with uh, COVID nineteen. Believe it or not, Alex Dickerson had a good month of August, hitting 284 with a 351 on base and 493 slugging. I want to focus for a second, though, on Mike Yastrzemski, who in the month of August hit 198 with a 233 on base and 372 slugging. That's a 63 weighted runs created plus, which is about 40% below average offense. And he's obviously, you know, playing every day. Also in August, Lamont Wade Jr. was below average offensively. So the outfield production this season has actually not been very good. And a big part of that is Mike Yastrzemski. Uh, Moving Chris Bryant to the outfield would help uh, when Evan Longoria is able to return. That does push Chris Bryant to the outfield. And I, I do believe that Darren Ruff probably deserves a little bit more playing time given that he's just been a force offensively basically ever since he showed up with the Giants. But I also understand if you have guys like Dickerson and obviously Yastrzemski on your roster, they have their roles and you can't just kind of abandon those roles. Otherwise, they don't even have a place on the roster. And I'm not sure they're better off you know, replacing them with some other players who aren't even going to play. So I kind of understand what they're doing is my point. But on the season, Mike Yastrzemski has just barely been above average. He's sporting a 103 weighted runs created plus, meaning about 3% above average offense, which is basically just league average. He's hitting 221 with a 303 on base and 454 slugging. Looked lost at the plate for much of last night, lost or overpowered, which is not a good combination. His on base percentage, like I said, of 303. Just barely above 300. If you if you dip to a below 300 on base percentage, that's generally a bad sign. And it's been a difficult year for Mike Yastrzemski, and that is a big deal. And if he continues to struggle in September, it's not hard to see them going through a difficult stretch. So they're going to need certain players to step up, and Yastrzemski is one of them. If he struggles, somebody else is going to have to carry that load that was expected to be pulled by Yastrzemski. So it's, it is easy to look at this roster and have some concerns about how they're going to play in the month of September because they're having issues in the starting rotation. They're having some issues offensively. They had some issues defensively last night, but I don't generally think that's a huge concern for this team. They really ought to, you know, they really need or want Tommy LaStella to come back He's dealing with a side issue, much like Chris Bryant was dealing with uh, in that Atlanta series. So they have a lot of players who are kind of banged up right now, and it would help if they came back. Like I said, with Longoria coming back 
that would push Bryant to the outfield and that would solve some some of their problems. So, you know, it's let me just look for a second at the at the pitching and see if that explains the success they were able to have. Their relievers threw 120 and two thirds innings in August with a 2.46 ERA, and that was the third best ERA in the game by relief pitchers in the month of August. And it was the third most innings pitched by a relief core in that month. I don't normally look month to month like it's not necessarily predictive to go. This is what they did in August, and therefore it means something. It's just kind of looking to to see what happened as opposed to it necessarily being predictive. I think the bigger sample is always going to be more predictive. The starting pitchers, believe it or not, were very solid in the month of August overall with a 3.62 earned run average, which was the uh, eighth best mark in Major League Baseball. Just briefly going to look at the individual performers. Kevin Gosman, believe it or not, had a 3.16 ERA in the month. Uh, Logan Webb was fabulous with a 1.41, but generally there were a lot of struggles from pretty much everybody else. So yeah, it'll be fascinating to see what happens in September. Coming up next, we're going to kind of preview the month, I guess, and talk about Brandon Belt hitting that 20th home run and what to expect with expanded rosters starting tonight. So all of that is coming up next, but before we get into it, I want to talk about our good friends over at Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's really something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, you're missing out. They've got coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. I'm partial to mint brownie. I mean, I like them all, but... Mint brownie is one of my favorite combinations, and we, the Locked On hosts, are always talking about which Built Bar flavors are our favorites. Believe it or not, yes, we spend half of our time on our online chat talking about Built Bar flavors. And what's really important to me is that they're healthy, too, in, a, in addition to being delicious. We're talking, you know, they're, they have a lot of protein, seven to, 17 to 18 grams of protein, but are very low in sugar with just four to five grams. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, as promised, we're going to dive into a little bit about 
uh, how what the Giants were able to do in August. I do want to look back at that schedule and look at the September schedule and basically talk about what's to come here and why the race between the Giants and Dodgers, like if the Giants were in another division, we wouldn't necessarily necessarily be panicking about the last five games for them. And so I want to kind of put it into context and make the case that this is the Giants are playing with house money a little bit. And yes, it's they don't want to waste this season and just go home after one game, which is what's possible with the wild card game, which I think is unfair. And I've been saying it's unfair uh, for as long as I've been podcasting, which has been since 2015. Uh, even when it doesn't involve the Giants, I I just think the whole wild card thing is completely unfair for exactly the scenario we're seeing potentially play out here in the National League West, where you've got two teams that may win a hundred games and one of them is subjected to that wild card game. I just don't think that's fair, especially when you're talking about you know the leaders in the National League East by a substantial margin, two and a half games. They are nine games over five hundred, and the Giants are. 36 games over 500 and they're fighting for their lives so that doesn't make sense at all and it needs to be corrected and i hope and and i hope that it will with the new collective bargaining agreement that's going to be put in place this offseason the the old one is expiring their five-year deals typically and it's running out and there's talk about you know the two sides not being able to agree on a bunch of things and that there could be a work stoppage. Hopefully that doesn't happen, but hopefully there are substantial changes that make the game better. And and to me, this is one of those major changes that should be corrected. It's like when the All-Star game counted for all those number of years, when it determined home field advantage in the World Series, that didn't make sense either. But thankfully, they corrected that. So to me, this is this is one of the main priorities is to they got to tweak this so so it doesn't you can't have the situation that we're seeing play out in the West happen. And it could very well be the Giants that end up in that wildcard game and their opponent would potentially be the Reds or the Padres or it could be a number of other teams. And in one game, anything can happen. Any team can beat any other team. Look no further than the Pirates playing the Giants super tough this season and winning a lot of games against them. That's the Pirates who are 48 and 84 Giants are 84 and 48. They literally have the the inverse record of the Pittsburgh Pirates so much better than them. And yet that team gave them problems. And so if the Giants make the wildcard game and if they lose that game, we can't really draw conclusions and say that they weren't equipped to, you know, win in the playoffs because, you know, they 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 only rely on the home run, which those storylines would be out there if the Giants were to play in that wildcard game and lose. But again, what I'm saying is any team can beat any other team on any given night. We can see a team have great success hitting a bunch of home runs with guys on base, getting clutch hits, getting clutch pitching performances. Or we could see the opposite where guys fail to come through in big situations and we cannot say anything definitively about that team based on that one game. And yet that would be what would happen. I, I, you know, fear that as much as I fear the game itself, the reaction, the overreactions to one game. But that's the that's what happens if it all if your whole season comes down to one game like that. So I know I'm going off on a tangent there. Let's quickly look back on the month of August. It started with that last game against the Astros at home. Giants won that game 
and then they took three out of four from the Diamondbacks on the road. I do believe that included that game that Chris Bryant said we had no business winning that game with that ninth inning comeback. So there were a lot of games like that in August where you kind of felt like the Giants had no business winning that game, but they did. How about looking to the next series against the Brewers with that ninth inning Tommy LaStella fly ball that Avisail Garcia just simply, you know, forgot how to play defense and forgot how to play his own outfield wall and completely botched a fly ball and the Giants end up winning that game. They then swept the D-backs in a two-game home series. They won three out of four against the Rockies at home. They won two out of three against the Mets at home. I want to say that at least one of those Mets games included a game that the Giants probably felt like they may have lost but ended up winning. And then on the road against the A's, two of those games, the Giants had pinch hit home runs in the eighth and ninth innings, uh, one in the ninth, one in the eighth, to take the lead after trailing. So they easily could have gotten swept in that series, but instead they win two out of three. And then they swept the Mets. And I want to say that, <clears throat> excuse me, that Mets series included, uh, you know, it's hard to remember on the fly here without clicking on the games themselves. Giants won the last two games of that series three to two. So close games could go either way. And then they did lose two out of three in Atlanta. And honestly, maybe for the first time, that first loss in Atlanta, Giants had a lead late and they blew it. And that might be the only time all month when that happened. So then Logan Webb had that great start and then they got blanked nine to nothing in the finale. And then these two games against the Brewers. So overall, a lot of kind of magic happening in the month of August. So I can easily turn the page on a few games not going their way at the end of the month. But coming up in September, and actually the season does extend into October, so this is not the last month of the year. There's just three games in October, but they are there. Uh, but the Giants have a tough schedule. Two more against the Brewers. Thankfully, Giants have a pitching advantage with Gosman and Webb going against two of the Brewers' non-elite starters. So these games are big. Giants need to grab, I would say, at least one of them, and preferably two, of course. And then the Dodgers come into town for a critical three-game series. Last time they'll meet in the regular season. Then the Giants head back on the road to play the Colorado Rockies. That's always a good place to get right offensively, but it's a tough place to play, and it's a house of horrors at times, and the Rockies have played really well at home. Giants then have an off day, their first off day in a long time, and then they head to Chicago for a three-game series. As I've said repeatedly, better to play the Cubs now than earlier in the season when they had Chris Bryant, Craig Kimbrell, Anthony Rizzo, Javier Baez. None of those players are there now. Giants then come home for their second-to-last homestand, four games against the Padres, three against the Braves, back on the road after an off day, three at San Diego, three at Colorado, another tough series in Colorado, off day, and then three at home against the D-backs. That's one of the lone kind of series that you circle and say the Giants really have an advantage there. And then the season closes out with three games at home against the Padres. So the Giants, what is their record as I look at it uh, now? They have 30 games remaining. So they are in a very good position. Their magic number to clinch a postseason berth is still 17. It's been 17 for the last couple days. They have been unable to lower that number because they've lost 
the last couple times, and the Padres have won a couple games in a row. So we'll continue to monitor that magic number. And of course, the magic number to clinch the division is 30. But don't be surprised if the Dodgers go ahead of the Giants and potentially pull away. They're that good. Giants, it's going to be tough. I just want to set expectations straight from my perspective. It, that is a tough team. I, I just do not expect to hold them down. I hope, but you know, Dodgers run differential is significantly better than the Giants. And the talent on that team is just undeniable. Talent-wise, it's very easy to look at that Dodgers team and say they're probably the best team in all of baseball talent-wise. So we'll continue to monitor it all on the show. We do these shows every single Monday through Friday. So that's all the time we have for today. Congratulations to Brandon Belt on hitting home run number 20, first time in his career. I know we said we'd talk about it and didn't really get a chance. And Ron Wotus, we'll talk about him announcing that he's retiring from coaching. We'll also get into that at a later date. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. You can follow me on Twitter at Ben Kaspik. That's K-A-S-P-I-C-K. These shows are on YouTube. I keep mentioning that at the beginning of the show. But check it out on YouTube. If you're watching here, thank you so much. But if you're not, please check it out. It's a lot of fun and it's super easy to access. We are on every platform and free on all platforms. So uh, I already said once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out so much. So thank you in advance and thank you to everyone who's done so already. I can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants.